Hi, and welcome to the Onlineification Pod, a podcast produced by Zuma. I'm not Alex, your host. I'm Doug. Alex is on holiday at the moment, so I'm taking over the intro just to let you know that the Onlineification Pod is now available on Apple Podcasts, as well as on Spotify and SoundCloud, as usual. Also, all of the video episodes of the podcast are now available on Zuma's YouTube channel. So if you just search for the Onlineification Pod on YouTube, then you'll find them all. So... Now that's out of the way, I think we can start the episode. Enjoy. So, uh, hello, Anders. Hello, Alexander. You still miss David Bowie today? Yes, I do, sir. I do so every day of the year. I, I don't dare to tell the truth that it's every hour, so I... I stick to the day. Yeah. And and actually, you and I were planning that that today, um, P. Ishi, our colleague, should be part of the, this episode. Yeah. Where is he? Uh, he's uh, out kayaking. Uh-huh. Because, might have been, because he he has exactly the same t-shirt. Oh. Uh, so it might, we, we might have been lucky so that both of us uh, should have worn Yes, um, I still miss David Bauer t-shirt. Do you remember what we said in the latest recording? I don't, no. If we say, uh, when we talk today, it's mm. was it one krona to uh, uh, Gothenburg Statsmichel? That's true, yeah. I agreed with that the challenge. So to the listeners, that's a good um, preparation if we are sounding a bit weird. We were trying to keep away from that word. Yeah. So since it's only us two in this episode, I have um, went through your LinkedIn feed for the past six months, uh, Anders. And uh, was it, uh, it was a couple of months ago you started with an experiment, writing one thought every second week or every week you have you share one thought about something it's actually not that structured it started as an experiment to sort of think in a different way meaning that that many years ago when i was running a personal blog i put up a thought each and every day mm. it could be a reflection from something or whatever and um just one day I thought, hmm, that's a thought. I'm going to put it there. And I did. And sometimes it's a fact and sometimes it's a statement. Can be when, when, when I sit and work with something else or when I hang out or look at something. I don't yeah. know. So it's not that structured. It sounded very structured when you described it. Yeah. yeah. But... Uh... I personally find those, even though it's only one or two sentences, it's uh, a thoughtful thought which uh, can give you as a reader as much value as reading an article or a blog, just seeing those. So in this episode, I thought we would go through some of them and um, just hear <laughs> more more in more uh, comments about about your thoughts so here's one thought you published a couple of months ago everybody talks about digital transformation 
but who can show real business results and tell how and what they have done? And this is a thought that we have uh, touched based on in many episodes. Yes, I I think the companies that need the examples never see them, and most companies that claim they have the examples never show the proof of that they have. Yeah. And I, I it's it's not more much more complicated than that. And the world needs the the what and hows. Everyone needs the what and hows. And do you think we're gonna get there? I'm certain we're going to get there, but it would be very helpful if people stop trying to claim that they can make such massive change in large changes. I think it would be very good for everyone involved if everyone showed small, easy, simple examples of how they have done things more easily achieving effortless simplicity however small the thing is the better because then it's doable for others to do it yeah and and when you say sharing do you mean uh, sharing internally or is it communication internally externally describing it at the dinner table with with customers in video meetings wherever uh, listen i just want to tell something we tested a thing last week yeah that sort of everyone being transparent with with the small changes with large effect rather than claiming or, or believing that you should change the whole company yeah yeah great do you think any listeners now listen if we say uh, uh. <laughs> probably i already forgot it so <laughs> Any more comments there on, on that first comment or our thoughts? Not for now. Second thoughts here are companies generate more and more content and try to guide and nurture potential and existing customers through their more or less thought through sales pipelines. And for many companies, it's becoming harder than ever to identify and implement effective methods to connect with their target buyers. The solution isn't to create more content. It's to understand how it is to be them and stay relevant. Mm. If if I would read that um, and someone else wrote it, I would say, I'm not sure that, that the first couple of sentences are correct. I think very few really actually try perhaps they strive for it but but i don't think they succeed in it but but the last part with stop stop trying to find a lot of sort of easy ways for automation and other things uh, for the first time really really be interested in how it is to be done it's the best start from all perspectives yeah that that's the start of it so so if I hadn't been writing that myself, I would have certainly agreed with the last part and said that I was very positive and nice to everyone in the first part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah makes sense. Third thought here then. For many CEOs, online and social media is still something that their kids and relatives do. Less than half of the B2B CEOs 
that I know have an active social media presence and only a few have posted anything the past year. <laughs> um, some of them wouldn't agree with me when, when I actually wrote that I know. What, what I truly meant with that posting, that thought, was that I think too many CEOs of large companies have been invisible the last 12, 15 months, while a few others have used the time to really show who they are, what they think of their colleagues, and, and, and think of everything externally. Handful of global CEOs have been very visible internally and externally. Too many CEOs, and I talk about big B2B companies. I don't know where they have been since March last year. They have not been visible and they have not been sort of super clear uh, showing internally and externally where they are about and where to go and what's next. Uh, during this sort of pandemic period. So that, that was the start of that thought. And, yeah. and then I tried to provoke a bit, I guess. Yeah. And, and were, were they present before March? Or, or do you think that's a... I would say at least um, more present when it, when it came to their companies than they have been now. And I, I think for some of them, the explanation is easy. The, these have been times that are, that are extraordinary and where they and their boards didn't know exactly how to behave. They haven't been in the situation before. Yeah. Perhaps some in the board were, was on board uh, in the 19s when stuff happened. And, and some of them was around 12 years ago when stuff happened in the world. But I think they didn't know how to behave. While especially one CEO of, of a global company, I think he has done a marvelous job. And I'm not going to mention who it is, but a marvelous, fantastic job with the whole global company. Very visible internally and externally and for the financial market and, and for customers and everything. Yeah. And he has changed from being a very traditional CEO to become someone in, who's been participating in pods, videos, webinars, everything. And I would say that um, huge respect for that. And he has done the right thing. How much time do you think that uh, global CEO should spend on social media online presence? For, for everyone in business, I think it should be a natural part of your working day and how you work and especially for for ceos due to that whatever you think about it a, a listed company is sort of everyone is looking at the ceo of a listed company for different reasons but but you are the person who guides the culture and how you think about things and how you act on things and, and how you live your lives in a company so I, I would suggest that all CEOs should be very present, at least on LinkedIn, yep. for all reasons. I think I've been writing an article about the presence of CEOs, on, on, especially on LinkedIn. Yeah, another thought you had. Many companies spent last year struggling to catch up 
on decades and some very old trends such as working from home, video usage, online commerce, digital workshops and virtual events. What had long been a priority suddenly became the main priority and too many companies found themselves unprepared. Imagine what the pre-pandemic reality will reveal for those companies. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the companies you talk to, have they adapted or could they prepare better for, for these challenges? I think everyone should have been better prepared, but sometimes it takes something extraordinary to wake people up. At the same time, I'm, I'm still worried that this wasn't enough to, to modernize. And, and as we see right now, uh, events and trade shows are booked up, hotels are booked up. I'm not, I'm not certain that's the right way to go from many aspects. I think many will go back to what, what they've been longing for exactly like it was before. And some have realized that life from all perspectives, work, work in private has become better. So, so we'll see. But um, hopefully th this period did some things well when it comes to digitalization. Hopefully. Yeah. Are you, um, are you surprised how well or, or how bad companies adapted? Instead of talking about others, I, I can talk about Suma. And Suma has done it really well. And, and if I would apply what I said in that thought on Suma, we made a huge step if we, if we talk about everyone in Suma in, in relation with our customers and internally in how to use digital and how to use virtual meetings and video and customer follow-up and events and demos and presentations and, and everything else. So I, I would say shame on us that we were not further ahead when March arrived last year, but very well done since that. And we will continue forward. So if I don't have opinions about anyone else, that's how I conclude what we have done. Why do you think we succeeded with adapting so fast? It comes from all the people that, that works within Suma, looking positive at a, a very negative situation, gathering around that, oh, perhaps we could do this better than we did when we needed to meet in an office every day. And hopefully uh, in a while, when, when we have a, so perhaps have physical meetings in an office again, I think we will do this even better. And I, I think that many of our customers will say, should we have a physical meeting or a digital meeting? And I presume that there will be very few physical meetings with all the project members in Suma and on the customer side that, that actually meet. Perhaps we will do that once a year when we do an evaluation or have a dinner or something else. And I, and I presume that we will travel very little to and from customers that I presume that yeah. otherwise we haven't learned anything on this. And then when it, when it comes to much larger companies than us, than us and then others, I'm not certain. I, I don't know. No. Is this going like you wanted it to go? Yeah, exactly. Discussing the, the thoughts. 
it does and it feels a bit about like a like a board game a card game or something i i take a card and you need to comment <laughs> <laughs> so i'm uh, thinking about a suma game maybe we can uh, develop that yes maybe and, and maybe we should involve Herr volander mm. mr volander carl yeah. volander our colleague yeah he's been in the pod hasn't he yeah he has we didn't talk about the games then, but in uh, yeah, I think in an, the episode with where Elizabeth uh, talked about things you could do to maintain um, the the social connection working um, remotely, she she mentioned that each Friday we have a um, Friday fika, and Carl uh, Volander is uh, the person who's presenting a game each week so yeah he would be probably be the product owner of of such an initiative then yeah we have to talk with carl mr volander so i'm picking another card here due to the extraordinary time we live in customers are unlikely to purchase unless they need it right here and now that means companies effort efforts focused on actively Pushing sales may fall flat. Clicking through online ads, social media posts, and emails are the three least popular ways for buyers to research a purchase decision. I, I really like this um, thought, and I, I feel uh, very as as a person who wants things right here, right now, when I get it. What what were you in a specific situation when this thought came up, or? I believe it was connected to that, that I looked at my own behavior while I was writing an article about customer behavior. I think this is the thought that I put up then. The reason was that I ordered something privately and it said within two to five days, you'll get it to home. And for me, that was the prerequisite to buy, to purchase it. And then later on, they said it will come in seven weeks. and. After that, they said it will come in 17 weeks or whatever it was. So so the thought started there, uh, working at the dinner table here. And um, then at the same time, I was writing an article about customer expectations or behavior. So just showed up like that. Yeah. So does that mean that the customer journey is shorter or... Is it just important to... I mean, of course, it depends on on the driver of the purchase, meaning the driving force behind the purchase. Very, very few B2B products are, I need it tomorrow. But there are things that I need it now and tomorrow or the day after, which, which when you come to the B2B business where the aftermarket could be spare parts, could be service, could be anything that's on demand and you need to react immediately. And I, I think it's a much better mindset for companies to have that if someone is looking to solve something, you need to be there. You need to be there in person with an expert and you need to be really fast. You need to presume that if someone clicks your chat or goes to your buy section or whatever they do, they want it here and now. And then perhaps it's something 
within B2B that everyone knows is a delivery time of three or four weeks, but you can't wait. You can't just say or, or blame or claim that, yeah, you know, in our business it's three to seven years um, before they buy something. Yeah, yeah, but when they contact you, they presume that you will react immediately. They don't presume that you will wait three months to answer what they asked for. So I think it's a very good mindset in B2B to think here and now. Yeah. You want it immediately. Otherwise, you talk to someone else that is faster. Yeah, it's very interesting to see uh, in the B2C how the, the, the trend of quick commerce and uh, these new startups that, that promise to deliver essentials within 20 minutes or so. The logistic networks being built up. It's, uh... You see such a difference when, when you get things sent to home who they have signed with for distribution, how modern they are, and is it, is it a text that arrives? Do you need to do something actively? Is it an app that they provide where you can change with short notice and you get the latest update on where they are? Or do they call you and presume that you have time to answer the phone? Otherwise, they skip to deliver. I mean, no difference in, in B2B. No difference at all when something is important, but it's very interesting to see. And now when people have been home ordering stuff for 15 months or 16 months, then they have gotten used to be fairly spoiled by some. And if they take that back to work, when it's office supplies or whatever they are waiting for, well, let's wait and see. Mm. Then they perhaps start to get questions. How come that when I order home, blah, blah, but when I'm at work, blah, blah, hopefully. Yeah. Lovely. So I'm picking the last card of this episode and uh, everyone closing their eyes, listeners. And um, the thought is imagine Spotify or Netflix without suggestions and recommendations. What do you see? Mm. You got some comments on that. Yeah, that that's important. I, I don't, expect people to answer and I, I think that's if if i could take away the like button and and the comment field on linkedin when when i write these thoughts that that would be marvelous for me fantastic because i'm not looking after the answers i'm not looking for people to say whoa that was smart and put a like or whatever i'm I'm interested in that if at least one person start thinking about it, then it's good. And my target group for everything I do on LinkedIn is, is people that I like. And people that I like, hopefully one of them spends 10 seconds thinking about the answer. But I, I, I don't say that people can't comment, but that's not what I what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that people actually like you said i close your eyes for a couple of seconds and imagine spotify or netflix without sort of active suggestion yeah nothing it's just sort of big card game and you sit there and scroll and blah blah blah, blah. Yeah. yeah and if 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 we turn that and we think that it's whatever in b2b could be forklifts could be trucks could be bolts could be whatever oh yeah that's what it looks like today. Yeah. 
in many cases than than some tried to sort of do a bit more branding but M more personalization and much more personalization or, or at least segmentation if i've been to a site before and i have given them the permission to use my data come on some things are not interesting at all for me you you don't need to be sort of a scientist to to understand that and and if it's an existing customer please give them the guidance give give them the help most people that b2b do business with have at least spotify or netflix or do things in private where they are not spoiled but but they get some basic help so that that's the intention and very happy if at least one person who who see those thoughts have a thought yeah that that's enough i i that's the reason behind it. Yeah. And of course that I like to think like that. And then always before I publish, I think, okay, before you now click publish, how do we do it at Sumo? Mm. And then I think hopefully one individual at Sumo looks at it and thinks and then moves on. Yeah. So a colleague perhaps can get an idea or think something or do something. And it's an excellent way of uh, of creating content as well, and uh, and repurposing it like in this podcast, and uh, also <laughs> also uh, longer articles and and so on. So I, I really appreciate those short yeah. updates. Then I'm happy because then it's at least one person, and and um, actually two of the ones you have mentioned now are now becoming articles mm. because I've been thinking about what I wrote and then I've sort of started to create articles around it. Sometimes it's just a thought and sometimes you can elaborate and think it through and, and get more content out of the few thoughts that, yeah. So maybe you and I should make a recommendation for people that when you have a thought, put it in notes or in Grammarly or wherever, Keep it there, look at it sometimes, and perhaps your thought has evolved to something that can become really interesting content. But if we look at the times, a, a very modern person, we could say Seth Godin, yeah. his blog has been the same for ages, and he's putting thoughts there. And now when, when you and I sat and, and discussed this, I actually thought, Shit, sometimes I think his postings are too long. Mm. And I mean, what do we talk about? At most 20 sentences. And sometimes uh, my brain tells me, oh, you don't have time to read through this today. Mm. Yeah. And if, if, if I don't read Seth Godin's blog immediately, there's a new one the next day. And yeah, oh, I just made a decision that I'm going to put in my calendar. 30 minutes per week and read through the seven latest thoughts from Seth Godin. Yeah. That's a decision now. Yeah. But I, the, 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 what, what I'm thinking about is that maybe, and perhaps it's good to have very short and, and sort of stringent thoughts because people do not have time. 
No. And it also gives uh, a lot of room for self-thinking. Uh, if yes. if I'm not... Uh, yeah, it's you leave out a lot of space for reflections. Good. No, no Pete today, but a lot of thoughts and thoughts on the thoughts. Could we yeah. say so? Yeah. So thank you very much. Thank you, Alexander. Bye-bye. Well, thank you for listening to this episode. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe to it on Spotify, SoundCloud, or you can subscribe to it on Zuma.se. Thank you very much and bye-bye.